You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. When you decide you're going to have a family, you're making a choice about your lifestyle. You're deciding to be a carer, probably for life. But what happens when you inadvertently become a carer and when you're young? What impact does that kind of responsibility have on your life? This week, it's Carers Week, and it's time to celebrate the 2.7 million informal carers, and more especially today, the one in 10 who are under the age of 25. We have two young carers with us today. Mary is 17, currently in year 12. She looks after her father, who has motor neurons disease, and her brother, who has a diagnosis of autism. Devika is also 17 in year 12, and she cares for her older sister who lives with epilepsy, anxiety, and an intellectual disability that restricts her speech. And before I start, I just have to notice that Devika just looked at Mary and went, Haha, I'm in year 12. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, aren't you, aren't you no, about to? Technically, I'm classified as year 11, but I'm going into year 12. So oh, there you go. And are you in year 11? 11? I'm in year 12. You're... Properly about to sit the HSE. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So we got you mixed up. So you're that's in year okay. 12 and yeah. you're about to go into year 12. Hectic time of your life, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, if we can start at the beginning, Mary, how did you come to be caring for your family in this way? Uh, well, my dad and brother were diagnosed at about the same time when I was around three, and it's just sort of been a development in my caring role since then. So, I help out with things like mostly supervising my brother, while my mum, who's also who's the primary carer for my dad and brother, um, helps my dad, and I'll help him, you know, getting dressed. Um, in the shower, having food, um, getting ready for school, all that sort of thing. And how about you, Devika? How did you end up in this role? Well, my sister was born with her intellectual disability, so, and obviously she's older, so as soon as I was born and I was able to talk, walk, I started kind of, you know, caring for her in my own little way. So basically my roles kind of developed as I grew older, so... Probably my most memorable moments was like when I was five, I started, you know, cleaning the dishes, um, cleaning the floors, you know, packing away things, making sure she's okay when mum had to duck out for something, that sort of thing. So yeah, it's it's been there my entire life and I've kind of grown used to it. So I do things like cooking, cleaning, babysitting when mum's out because both my parents work full time, um, making sure she's okay, helping her with the bathroom, that yeah, just. And are you guys the only other sibling in your families? Other than my sister, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm the same. Okay. Yep. And so basically, what's happened is um, as you could do things, probably earlier than your friends, even, you've had to kind of step up, whether it was helping people or doing stuff around the house. Would that be right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that can have, you know, it can be quite an isolating thing to feel like you've got this massive difference from your peers and that your peers don't understand the sort of things you're going through at home. But for me, at least, it's also had a really positive impact on me as a person because it's made me a lot more patient, um, a lot more empathetic towards other people. And it's given me a lot of skills, you know, with um, communicating with other people as well that I think have been really valuable for me. And probably just helping around the house, which, yeah. sorry, <laughs> but most teenagers don't. <laughs> Um, Devika, you were um, nodding your head then when Mary was talking about it, giving her extra skills and definitely like as because of a young age, like when I grew up, 
I've always been very independent, very motivated to do what I need to do. And that's a thing that a lot of other kids don't really develop until they're much older. Yeah, about 40. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've always been told, you know, I can do my own work. I can work at my own pace and, you know, I can do what I want to do. And that kind of freedom is something that, you know, usually you don't get at a very young age. You usually develop it over time. So... Yeah, definitely. Much more independent. You learn so much from being a young carer. Mary, you just mentioned that um, sometimes it can feel a bit isolating because your peers don't understand the sorts of responsibilities you have. Is that mainly in the sense that you guys don't get to go out as much as your peers? Is that Mm. the sort of thing that kind of comes back from having these responsibilities? I think for me, like the period when I was feeling really isolated was from when I was about in year three to year seven or eight, because I think that's a period where a lot of kids are still um, really maturing at a very rapid pace. And I felt like I did that a little bit earlier than everybody else. And that in a lot of ways, um, I wasn't able to connect with my peers on the same level um, as they were able to connect with each other. And I felt like my life was just so different. Um, and yeah, so I just was struggling to be able to relate to them. Devika, did you have a similar experience with your peers? Has it been isolating for you? I mean, definitely, especially like when I grew up and like all through high school in particular, um, a lot of my friends in high school, because they had been more independent, they were allowed to go out after school and have like afternoon tea together, which is something I really couldn't do because I had to get home as soon as possible. And so that kind of isolated me from my friends. And I mean, yes, I have these really good friends who, you know, involve me as much as I can and fit their schedule to mine. But there's always those instances where you literally can't go out, you can't meet up, um, you have to have planned beforehand. You can't just you know, can't just walk out the door. Yeah, exactly. And that's something, that flexibility is something that it's really hard. And the thing about caring is that, speaking as a parent who made this choice, but when you're caring for someone else and that involves everything from looking after their physical well-being to helping with the household chores and it's sort of a holistic thing, right? It does feel sometimes that it is all work because it's not like you're washing the dishes. Maybe you whistle while you wash the dishes. I don't know. But, you know, you, it's not like, you know, it's not the same as going out the back and reading the book in the sun. So um, have you at times felt, because you're at school still and you're at a very important part of your schooling, you're in your senior years and studying for the HSC and whatnot, has it sometimes felt like you haven't had much respite from work, Devika? I mean... Kind of, because I go to a very academically focused school and to keep up with the standards of the school, to keep up my work, plus my home duties, it's very much a balancing act. And sometimes it goes one way and I become really stressed. Sometimes I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just making mistakes all over the place. So, I mean, work, because I'm so used to doing it, because I've been doing it my entire life, it doesn't really seem like work to me. It just seems like my, like my routine. Um, it's only when I get added work from, you know, outside sources such as school that I start to get really pressured down and, you know... Yeah, and, and Mary, you agree with that, do you? Yeah, yeah. I think that for a lot of young carers, what they do 
often doesn't feel like work. It's just life. And it's not the sort of thing that they necessarily can identify as um, being strange or different. It's just what they do. And like I know, particularly when I was younger, sometimes I would forget that not everybody just has a brother with autism and a dad with a severe disability. But I feel really lucky in the respect that I do have certain activities that I do as a respite. Like I've been in a choir for 12 years and I do that weekly. And that's an amazing thing just to be able to spend a few hours singing with lots of other awesome young people um, and really enjoy myself in that sort of respect. Yeah. You're listening to Kindling Conversation and in honour of Carers Week, we're speaking to two amazing young carers. We've got Mary and Devika in the studios. They're both young carers in their families and we've been talking about what it's like in their lives in being in year 11 and 12 and caring for members of their family. And one thing I'm curious about, you mentioned, Devika, that you know one extra thing kind of puts all the pressure. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. What about jobs? So when I was in year 11 and 12, a lot of kids had outside of school jobs. Do kids still do that? And is that something that's out of your... Because this is an unpaid role that you're doing, obviously. I mean, a lot of my friends all have jobs. I had a job for a short period of time. Um, That was kind of flexible. But even that, sometimes I had to rush home because mum couldn't be there. You know, that jobs and school and life... You know, for us as young carers, it's very hard to balance. And at least for me, having a job, it didn't really help with all the pressures. And so I eventually quit my job just to focus on school and home. But obviously, like, even though everyone thinks that being a young carer is a job and it's, you know, for us, it's just what we do. If you look at actually having a job and what we do, we would much prefer to do what we do than you know, taking a job from nine to five because we love the person we care for, you know, it's it's our responsibility. And yeah, having a job for me just didn't work out. What are your thoughts on that sort of thing, Mary? Yeah, well, I actually do have a casual job, which works really well in, with my caring responsibilities because they mostly want me there on the weekends and in the school holidays. Um, so it works well because that tends to be when my brother is able to be cared for my, by my mum or when my brother is on a respite activity. Um, so I really get a lot of enjoyment out of my job as well and it's in an area that I'm interested in pursuing in the future. So it's I have really to ask valuable. you what that is. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, I work at Taronga Zoo. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is really fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it, like I said. So that's a really valuable way for me to also have something that's really rewarding outside of my caring role. And I know that I can go there and do a good job no matter what's happening at home. So the thing is, at the moment, you're both at high school and most of us are at home with our families at high school. And still, as I've been told, sometimes kids stay at the home until they're like 30. Um, But sometimes people do move on from high school, go to university and move out of home. Being young carers, do you think about that? Do you think about if you would need to leave home to study or to pursue work? I mean, what kind of impact does it have on your thoughts of the future? Maybe? Yeah, it's definitely a topic I've been thinking a lot about this year with me, you know, leaving high school uh, in just a couple of weeks, finishing my final exams. Woo-hoo! Yeah, very exciting. <laughs> um, but um, for my family, where my parents really want me to have that opportunity to be able to move out and be independent. So it's something that we are working through and thinking about the ways in which 
our family will be able to deal with um, having one less carer in the family. Um, and, you know, for us, we have just been lucky enough to be able to do some renovations and are hoping to be able to have a secondary carer be able to live in our home when I'm not there. Um, so it's something that I think is really important for young carers to be able to have hope that they won't be in this role forever and that there are avenues that people can explore to make sure that they have their own independent lives in the future. Devika, have you thought about this? I mean, my parents and I have kind of discussed it, but right now, because as soon as school, I want to go into university and we're thinking of going to a local university so I can still stay at home and, you know, but obviously if that is not possible, we can manage around it somehow. Obviously with my family, a lot of my family doesn't live in Australia. We're pretty much the only little branch who's in Australia, so we can't really have family to help us or anything. So, yeah, we have thought about it, but it hasn't, you know, we're not at that stage yet. i still got a year of school left, so, yeah. What would be the one thing that you'd like other young people or just people in general to know about what it's like to be a young carer? Mary? I think it's just really important for people to remember that while it might seem like a really sad thing for young people to be carers, it can actually be something that's really rewarding and really valuable in a young person's life if they are supported through it. So it's going to be really hard for any person, no matter how old they are, to deal with being in a caring role if they don't have that support system. So I think it's really important that young carers, particularly if they're struggling in their role, reach out for some support, whether that's in their family, through Carers New South Wales, um, or through some other sort of school counselling or something like that. And I mean, if you aren't a young carer or and you know someone who is a young carer, just be there for them. You know, there's nothing, you know, as nice as someone, you know, being there if you need helping hand and so if you aren't a young carer um and you're in it you know someone who is or you know someone who's just caring for someone else whether they be young old just be nice to them respect them be understanding and flexible with them and yeah that's basically all we need ladies it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you both thank you so much for coming in thanks for having us and good luck with the hsc That's Mary and Devika, and both are supported by Carers New South Wales. Each state and territory have their own association that you can donate to, and you can specify where you'd like the funds to go. So if you'd like to support the programs that go on to help young carers, you can do so. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.